0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's Foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else. Primarily, but not exclusively, involving the NBA. That is here. I received a message via social media that listed a litany of my problems as a sports writer. Rationalizing that that is why my tweets don't receive more likes. The message came from... Le Manjour, who I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Manjour? Le Manjour. I bet that's it. Uh, Le Manjour is based in Haiti. First of all, I'm thrilled and flattered to have listeners in Haiti. When it comes to foreign countries outside of the English-speaking ones, I'm also apparently big in Sweden, Germany, Poland, Spain, Switzerland, Greece, and the Philippines. I also hope that Le manjour and anybody else in Haiti is hanging in there anytime I want to complain about my challenges I remind myself what life is like for the people of Haiti and Lebanon and Syria to name three and it straightens me up pretty quickly I don't have to worry about the safety of my kids or where my next meal is coming from or having access to fresh water my my heart goes out to all those people in all those situations. There, for, there but for the grace of God go I. Uh, anyway, LeMangeur accused me of being too negative, that my criticism is destructive, and that because I am critical of people's favorite players, they don't like or read my point of view, which is reflected by the fact that I'm not getting a thousand likes on my tweets in spite of being verified on Twitter. I've seen writers and media people who are in the business for a long time become bitter and hypercritical. And that's why I am putting the spotlight on this particular tweet. Um, I started out my career surrounded by a few of those bitter, hypercritical, old sports writers. And I promised myself that I would never let that happen to me. And I don't think it has. But Les Mangeurs accusation made me reflect on whether too much of this podcast is focused on what is wrong with the league. Well, I've stood up for Jason Kidd and Giannis Antetokounmpo and any number of others, but in generally, general I don't, I don't really see my job as being a cheerleader or sing praises, unless it's for someone who I believe deserves it and isn't getting it. I guess that's it. I see myself As a scale balancer. If someone is being downgraded or ripped unfairly, I'll stand up for them. Conversely, if someone is being praised or touted more than I think they deserve, I'll explain what the cheerleaders are missing. What I've tried to do is explain what might be accurate or inaccurate in what fans are seeing and hearing or believing based on reports elsewhere. And that's probably how I wind up criticizing people's favorite stars because I often find that, especially from a historical perspective, they are blown up into something more than they actually are. Now, I don't see that as destructive, but constructive and informative, allowing false impressions to live on by not challenging them is the same as seeing something happening in the streets that is wrong and not doing or saying anything. But to be clear, I don't measure the quality of my work based on likes on social media. I try to pick topics that are of interest to my audience, but I'd never shape my view based on what I think will be popular. All that said, there are plenty of things that I love about the NBA. So I thought I'd spend this podcast on sharing them for everyone, including Les Monjour. These are ones that came to mind, not in any particular order. I didn't add them up or count them. I just, I just went. And so here they are. First of all, I love that the rest of the NBA didn't take a cue from the Lakers and Nets and sit all their stars in their first exhibition games. Seeing Steph Curry and Damian Lillard going head-to-head, the Celtics and Magic playing to the buzzer in a one-point game, the Clippers and Nuggets doing the same, the Hawks playing every healthy body, and the Miami Heat playing everyone except Jimmy Butler. Look, I could go down the entire list, but the point is, my faith has been restored that the majority of NBA players do like to play the game and compete for the sake of playing the the game and competing. I'd also say it underscores how embarrassing and entitled this display by the Nets and Lakers was. If the Lakers did it because they have so many old players, okay, I'm good with that. But you don't get to take issue with anyone like me talking about how unbelievably old your team is and questioning whether or not it can get to the finish line and then sit all your guys in your first preseason game. I mean, not even play them a minute. When everybody across the board, practically, who's in their 30s, the Danilo Gallinari's, the Kyle Lowry's are playing, and playing hard. I refrained from criticizing Anthony Davis in the last episode, talking about the Nets-Lakers preseason game, because at least he suited up. But watching him, I thought, man, he's just going through the motions. After watching a host of stars and how hard they played earlier tonight, I decided it was worth mentioning. AD, that is. I'm just getting a lot of talk and not a lot of walk out of Lakerville right now. And no, I don't count team released and player IG vids as evidence of walking their talk. All right, I kind of went critical there. I'm going to get back on the beam. So here's on with my random list of things I love about the NBA. I love that Jimmy Butler loves good coffee as much as I do, and that he's embracing it to create a post-playing career business. Jimmy, if you ever decide to franchise Big Face Coffee, let me know. I'd be interested in opening a spot. I love that Kareem Abdul Jabbar essentially echoed my stand in the last podcast about how wrong it is that players suggest other players be allowed a personal choice when it comes to being vaccinated. I cited Draymond Green for doing so, but Kareem went after the biggest fish, LeBron James. It's not so much that Kareem and I agree as much as I appreciate seeing an OG not afraid to call out players no matter who they are. Kareem doesn't have to do that. It's violating the blue line uh, or the NBA version of the blue line uh, that I also talked about in the last podcast. Now, I caught Kareem at the very tail end of his career, and quite frankly, he struck me as a duck, just replaced the U with an I. I was a fresh, out-of-the-box reporter and walked up to him and he looked at me with cold disdain, presumably simply because I was carrying a notebook and had a press pass around my neck. I was young and impressionable. It just, it hit me. And we actually have a few things in common, it turns out. Both, Both of us are authors, love to write, both of us love jazz, just for starters. And when we've crossed paths and he was promoting something he was far more engaging my first interaction with bill russell was exactly the same this cold distrusting stare now there's being standoffish or shy and then there's contempt based on what i don't know i found it kind of chilling in both cases now none of that changes my view of russell's book second wind as being maybe the best sports biography i've ever read or that I believe he's one of the best storytellers ever, and that he has one of the most infectious laughs ever. I'm not going to talk about where he stands as an all-time great because I didn't see him play. And for all of the same reasons, I believe Kareem deserves to be in the conversation for greatest player ever, and whatever my personal interactions with him might be or have been is not going to change that. I love how Steph Curry goes about his business. I love how matter-of-fact he is and that he wants Joe Lacob, even though he's spending millions upon millions in luxury tax, is adamant. Yes, I want Avery Bradley. Yes, I want him for that 15th roster spot. Yes, I want you to spend more money. Matter-of-fact, that's what I want. Straight up. I love it. Uh, Remember what I said in the last episode about what Draymond could have said? when talking about Andrew Wiggins being torn about being vaccinated or getting vaccinated. It was almost as if Steph ripped his response from my pod. To those who didn't see or hear him, he said, whatever process Andrew went through to get to that, he'll be able to speak on that. We're excited to have him. It's a good sign of him just handling his responsibilities as a member of the team. Again, whatever the process was for him, or whatever the process was, is for him to explain. Now, I'm sure Steph didn't rip it from my pot, but I feel good about the fact, I love the fact, that Steph obviously saw handling the situation as a team leader the same way I did, because that is leadership, and that's pretty damn good company when it comes to leadership instincts. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I love that Giannis Antetokounmpo, after getting to the top of the mountain, has been relatively quiet other than letting everyone know that he's far from satisfied. I can't wait to see him play this season. I think he's going to be, as a result of everything he experienced last year, the confidence that he's gained, I think he's going to be a monster. And I like guys who let their actions speak for themselves and that don't feel like they have to be buddy-buddy or friends or part of the in crowd. He very much goes his own way and follows his own instincts. And I believe him when he says that he's far from satisfied. I love the deep bond that Rick Carlisle and Larry Bird have, which is why Carlisle is back in Indiana. I know this might sound random, but again, these are just things that came to mind when I thought about things that tickled my fancy or that I love about the screwy place that the NBA is. Carlisle was a scrub by the way, for those who may not know, on those Celtics championship teams, or at least a few of them. And as much as uh, an East Coast-raised intellectual as Carlisle is, Bird is a down-home Hoosier. And yet, they developed an affinity and appreciation for each other's understanding and love of the game. When Carlisle needed a place to land because... He was done with Dallas, having been humiliated in some ways by a story that suggested that he was cow towing to Luka Doncic just to keep his job, something that I knew Carlisle simply would not stand for and could not stay there after that. Larry gave him a landing spot almost immediately. And Larry's not technically – I think he might be listed as a consultant or whatever – Larry still has huge sway over that team because of his relationship with the owner. So, Kevin Pritchard, whoever is is supposedly in charge, Larry can trump them all. And Rick winding up back there is proof positive of that. I love that Sharif Abdul Rahim is in charge of the G League. He is both a thoughtful listener, a deep thinker, and just an all around stand up guy. And talking about the league, uh, the league's ignite team which was created especially for kids who'd rather play in the G League than go to college for a year while they wait and prepare to be draft eligible. Raheem said that in its first year in existence, which was last year, they might have tried to throw too many things at the kids as far as off-the-court preparation and that they would look to streamline the information rather than overload them. And that just seems like a wise, sensible approach. I'm all for teaching players at a young age how to be fiscally responsible and eat healthy diets and continue their educations and present their best selves to the media. But it has to be done in a way that makes it retainable. Sometimes I feel as if, I don't know, teams, organizations, whatever, they just want to look responsible. And so they throw everything and anything at whoever they're trying to serve without thinking about, is it really serving them? How much of this is being effective? Sharif is is thinking that way and operating that way, and I love that. I love guys like Terrence Mann, second-round picks, who are given an opportunity and seize it and do it in a way that makes them beloved by their teammates. And there are many other examples. He's just the first and most recent that comes to mind. Draymond Green came up the exact same way, and I loved his story for the same reason. I love Austin Rivers' unwavering confidence. He's been on five teams in the last four years, but bouncing around has not diminished his bravado or belief that he's as good as anybody he faces. I'm sure it annoys the hell out of some people, as early on it did me. But at this point, I've learned to appreciate it. It's working for him. Yeah, he's bounced around, but he's also always found a home. And there's something about a guy who's a journeyman but doesn't see himself as a journeyman, just sees himself as, uh, you know, providing a, a variety of lucky teams, teams being lucky to have him, spreading his wealth, if you will. He's going to wind up with at least a 10-year career, and I don't know that anyone would have predicted that after his first few years in the league. I love that Gonzaga has alums sprinkled all over the NBA, and no one has ever talked about how amazing that is. This little school up in Spokane, Washington, playing in a weak conference like the West Coast Conference, has two players on the Wizards alone, Corey Kispert and Rui Hachimura and 10 in the league overall. Now, Kentucky is at the top right now with 31, but 10 ties them with USC and Virginia and puts them only one behind Arizona. That's pretty damn impressive. I love that. I love that the Lakers spent a second-round pick and cash to let Marc Gasol retire as a Memphis Grizzly the team he started his career with. I also love that Mark said, F it. I know when I'm not wanted and rolled home to play for a Spanish team he happens to own. Player owner. I don't know how many times anyone has been able to say that. And yes, I love it. I love the prospect of seeing what Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, and Jalen Green are are going to become, uh, among others. I can gripe about the way the game is played but I certainly can't about the quality of individual talent that is coming into the league. There's a lot of things we can question but that the individual talent has not soared and what it takes for guys to develop that. I love that. I love that dedication to the game. I also love it looks as if I will be getting back on the road again this year beginning next week to check out some teams and games and practices I have not done that since the pandemic began and that was something that I did regularly but now that we're getting past everything being over Zoom which really defeated the point for me of going to practices or games uh, I'm going to get back out there I've missed it. And that does it for this episode, this loving episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Not sure where I'm going to go in the next podcast, in the next episode. I've said that before. I will probably be continually saying it. The reason I even mention it is out of habit because. Supposedly a good podcast always lets people know what's coming in the next episode. So I'm letting you know, I don't know what's going to be in the next episode. I just know there's going to be one. And in the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Amen.